Thank you for downloading this sponsored podcast presented by PR Week. For more podcasts, visit us online at prweek.com. Hi, everyone. It's Can Lions Week, and I'm here with my friends from Weber Shanwick, Tom Beckman, Global Chief Creative Officer, and Robin Adelson, Chief Strategy Officer of North America. How are you guys? We're doing okay. Or I'm doing okay. I don't know. I won't answer for you, Tom. No, I'm doing good, too. Thank you, Robin. How are you feeling about the uh, virtual festival this year? Hopefully it will lead to more focus on the work, actually. I mean, Cannes is a pretty exclusive place. It's expensive to go. So maybe it will be a bit more Pueblo now when everyone can take part. I mean, I guess the passes are still expensive, the virtual passes. But I, I, I had the opportunity to, to chair the, the PR period for Eurobest, which was said to be a pilot for an oral virtual Cannes. It was a really good experience. And, and I think, you know, um, there's a lot of things going on in Cannes but the work. So maybe this would be kind of a reboot for the festival because it's really needed this year. We need the inspiration. Mm. Yeah, I I agree. I think there's definitely um, a lot more focus on the work and a lot more sort of talk about the work to people who wouldn't typically be in Cannes. So I I think the democratization is good and hopefully we can build off of that next year. But definitely seeing people talk a lot more about the work in real time versus sort of after. Mm, Yeah, back to the focus, right? So the theme of this podcast that we're going to be chatting about today is complexity, which I think is is a word that all marketers, agency people are very familiar with. And the past year has just been absolutely crazy. Challenges are popping up left and right. We have racial justice crisis. We have COVID. First of all, how are you both feeling working in this type of an environment? Robin, I'll, I'll throw that one to you first. Okay, that's good. Throw it to the Canadian first. You know, there's definitely a personal and a professional sort of answer to that. Sometimes it's the same and sometimes it's different. I mean, I I personally feel like all things considered pretty lucky where I kind of sit. And as a result, I think professionally feeling like both grounded, but also like got to step up more, (laughs) like really have to step up more. Um, So that I think that's sort of how I'm doing. I don't know. Pass it over the other side of the ocean to you, Tom. Same, different? Yeah. yeah, no, I agree. It's been a humbling experience. And, you know, a lot of people have lost their parents and their jobs and their minds. But from the perspective of, like, working in a global role and in a global network, that, you know, the work has perhaps been a bit more easier, actually. I, I find myself doing more work, partnering with more teams across the world now and when meetings like this is this is easier. So hard, hard times and hardship has always been a good foundation for creativity right that's why there's so much good music coming out of kingston or nashville or compton so i'm not necessarily sure it's been bad or you know from a creative standpoint i miss hanging out with the people though i mean it's a very personal business you want to you want to meet the people Definitely. I think we're all missing that this week, especially. So everyone in this industry tries to talk about simplifying things, right? Making it simple for the client, making it simple for the consumer. But Weber is going all in on complexity. And I think you guys call it radical complexity. So tell me first, what does that mean? I mean, Alison, the world is not getting less complex, right? So so it's just reflecting the environment in which our clients operate. And I think, you know, to your point, Everyone in the industry used to talk about radical simplicity, about making it simple and making sure that everyone was on board and it was something that everyone could understand or relate to, which is still true, of course, is, you know, you should avoid having too many sound bites on like what's going on and try to be true to, you know, our client's environment. 
and, and, and so that means that we need to embrace the complexity in which they operate. So I think we've been on that path for a number of years and, and, and trying to build teams that can you know, address that complexity. And, and so I guess it could be a mantra for us or for anyone just to make sure that, that we do the right things for the right reasons. And I, you know, I remember when, when I was young in the industry, everything was about the small boutique creative shop, right? And people ask themselves, how big can we get before we get bad? And now, you know, people ask themselves, how complex must we get before we get good? Because with, you know, with the coming together of politics and business and culture and technology, the only way we can, you know, ever be relevant for our, our clients and make proper recommendations if we, is if we cover all these those bases. Yeah, I mean, I think just to add to that, like there's just, there's really little distinction between anything anymore, which makes it more complex. Like, you know, we, we talk about like, is that a corporate mission or is it a consumer brand? Is that, a, you know, an employee experience or is that the customer perception? And it's mind bending um, because there's so many more angles that you need to consider, but it actually eventually does allow you to make real change if you, if you sort of access it in the right way and, and turn it into the right thing. Yeah. Well, Tom, you were saying how, you know, embracing complexity has helped you rethink skill sets you need for the organization and the way that you work with clients. Um, Talk a little bit more about that. Like, where have you been maybe hiring for different skill sets in different areas, building out different practices in order to be able to embrace this complexity? That's a good question. I remember someone said, I think it was an agency who had that as a principle, hire wrong. Like, if you have two candidates, hire the wrong one. Like, hire... Hire the dancer instead of the writer if you want a good or, you know, different copywriter. I'm not sure if I've done that. Well, I hired you, Robin. No, I didn't hire that. You hired Robin. So Robin hired me. But <laughs> I, um, uh, Best decision I, I ever made. Yeah. I moved, I moved around a lot. So I spent a lot of time working with the sustainability team, a lot of time working with the corporate comms team, a lot of time working with the consumer and marketing team and uh, not just like, you know, guest appearances or cameos, but really sitting in that team working years in that service offering to understand how we can apply the creative capability to that piece of the business. And over the years, I think it, you know, allowed me to better understand how we can, you know, apply strategy and creative across all service offerings. It usually sits in consumer, but that's not the future. The future's of our business and I certainly our firm is going to be applying strategy and creative across all our service offerings. Yeah. I mean, the list of talent and the list of interesting people that you can bring around the table now sometimes can feel endless, but it, it actually is like, it's really necessary of people from like geopolitical risk and employee engagement and healthcare and data and analytics and, you know, media strategy and influencer. And it's just, it it is pretty incredible, the endless list of expertise. At the same time, I think, Tom, you were the one that sort of talked about this a few years ago, like also making sure that when you bring people in, that they also kind of blur into other things. So like, you know, you just talked about sitting in other groups, but like, I think, you know, when you started out in creative, you had your team's and creative do media relations. So they really understood the outside world and how to bring it in. So I think it's both hiring the dancers, but also, um, you know, blending some of the talent. So they, they have both empathy and understanding of what's going on. And it's interesting because, you know, as all of these different worlds blend and become more complex, you sort of change your competitive landscape, right? Like you're not just 
competing against the PR firms anymore. Do you, do you notice that happening, that the mix of, of agencies pitching for the same account is, is different because of this complexity? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm like a socialist, so like everyone's all together on all the things, but it is absolutely like when we show up to a meeting or a pitch or an opportunity, it, it never looks the same in terms of who's there, both on the agency side and the client side. Um, more rooms with HR leads, more rooms with um, sustainability, supply chain. It's like a Sudoku puzzle. Like you literally do not know, like you get to the outcome, but like the way to get there every single time is different. And and that I think adds to the complexity, but uh, yeah, definitely more people at the table and more differences and opportunities. I don't know, Tom, what do you think? No, but also like, like clients are getting more professional, right? And the, uh... The professional way of doing it is is to to invite a lot of different agencies to the party. So it's more of a all style open type environment because post silo blah blah blah. I mean we've heard that before. You shouldn't necessarily think so much about what kind of agencies win in can, but rather what kind of ideas are winning in can. And yeah. and so one of the major themes we've seen in the last decade, of course, is is the move towards earned creative. So does that mean that PR firms are winning more lines? Not necessarily, but it means that the industry is changing and it's changing in a direction that, that you know, suits us and makes us more relevant for CMOs. So I, I, I think you should always try to compete with the best. I may be Swedish, but I'm American in that sense. Like you should, you should compete with the best and then um, you will usually fall short but then the fall will be less humiliating than if you kind of just aim for your sorrow, tear, you know, set and fall. That's embarrassing. <laughs> so I, I think we're we're aiming. We're very ambitious, and 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 so we we uh, we we go head to head with everyone. Yeah. Well, I think you're seeing that a lot in the Can Lion Award winners so far. We haven't seen all of them yet, but there's a lot of. Creative agencies won in the PR category. You see PR agencies winning creative awards. Um, you know, what's the role of creativity in managing through all of this complexity? And how is it sort of changing the way that agencies show up with different ideas? Honestly, like creativity just really allows us to view and solve problems more openly and, you know, with innovation and simplicity. So I, I think we have to do that now more than ever. I mean, Gail Hyman recently said something about creativity's role, our industry's role, that like there is no progress in business like or society without ideas. So like we have a urgent, big, important role. And, you know, it, it is important for us to, to joke around and to make sure we like our jobs. But like our jobs are more serious than they were before. Like they really are more serious. And so creativity is more serious. I mean, it doesn't mean that it's all serious creative that we want to see, but I don't think we would have thought this five, 10 years ago that our jobs were this serious and important in terms of impacting long-term change. And also maybe like creativity is changing in the way we define it and relate to it, certainly within the framework of CAM. It used to be much more craft orientated and now it's more conceptual and then kind of problem solving. Yeah, it seems like a lot of the winning work so far has been more about like driving an action. Like it's like very purpose driven. It's very like we're solving a problem for a community or a business um, as opposed to that focus on the craft. And I think that that sort of piggybacks on your point, Robin, that it is becoming more serious because the problems of the world are becoming more serious, right? So 
um, it sort of changes, like creativity has more of a real role to play in society in a way. Absolutely. And I think like it, it used to be that we would sort of amplify what the business did and, and now we really influence or we have the real opportunity to influence what businesses do. So it's, it's cool. It's, it's awesome, actually. For sure. What about complexity in media? I feel like that's where everyone really starts to think about complexity because there's just so many different channels that you have to be on all the time and orchestrating your messages for the consumer. Um, how does this um, change your comp strategies? Wait, media is complex? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, yes, that is, um, oh, yeah. I mean, the world is complex. Media is definitely driving that and um, is, is, is also a result of the complexity in the world. I mean, stakeholder expectations are evolving. Like it is, it's definitely a challenge. I mean, I think, you know, we've talked a lot about in the past, just like there are no more channels anymore. There's it's all, all things to all the people at all the time. And so you have to really figure out all of the levers you can pull when, how, and where, I mean, executive visibility, media relations, influencers, social content. There's so many more things that you have to pull at the right time. So I think for us too, it's, it's honestly about finding like, what are the actual signals and, and what's the noise? It's, it's really easy to just jump into the noise and just kind of be a, a part of something that actually honestly doesn't do anything. It either contributes to more noise or it, it, it doesn't make an impact. The short answer is like, how, how do you find the signals that are actually taking the outside world and, and figuring out how the brands, companies, organizations should do something. But that, that is our bread and butter is managing through the media complexity and figuring out the right ideas to laser on. Yeah. Tom, what are your thoughts on that from the creative point of view? Like, do you feel like because media is so complex, it drives creativity in a way in, in some instances, or how do you sort of think of the two together? Good question. I'm not sure if I do. Like I said, the creativity and media were kind of very interconnected and intertwined in the, in the days of advertising. You go back to the year of 2005, that was, that was before case studies even existed. And you watched the work from Cannes at that time, and you go and you, you only see ads or you listen to radio spots. There were no case studies. And so that meant the industry didn't discuss ideas. They didn't discuss strategy. They didn't discuss implementation or more conceptual thinking. They didn't discuss problem solving. It was just ads. So the introduction of case studies actually changed the industry as a whole. Some people don't realize the impact. But, but it was kind of a new format that allowed our industry to learn and evolve. And so from, from the year 2007, 8 or something and on, you know, the industry has changed more than, you know, it did, you know, the previous 100 years. Just because we had this platform for change and the idea of creativity, what it means and how it's applied in our industry has changed accordingly. So... Now, it's, it, it, it is less about the craft. It is less about channels. It's, it's less about execution, more about problem solving, more about conceptual thinking, more about engagement and kind of earning your place in culture. What do you think that has to do with, um, you know, the way that brands go to market and sort of engage their stakeholders? Like that's becoming so much more complex, too, as you have all these different channels, you have all of these different ways people can shop and interact with brands. Um, how does that sort of impact the way that they go to market and engage their audiences? Yeah, it's a good question. I mean, 
we talk a lot about how everything that's going on in the world right now is really taken, you know, whether it's purpose or kind of other levers in society, it's like it's it's gone beyond brand purpose and it's now sort of business strategy. And, and you know, how do you then take that business strategy and concept and like apply it across a kind of an idea ecosystem? Um, how do you how do you kind of like make these ideas come to life now in the right way so that they're purposeful? So. We sort of have like three things that we think about or we ask ourselves or we ask our clients every time we're um, coming up with an idea and, and figuring out its sort of path, especially in this kind of crazy world of stakeholders and multiple stakeholders. It's like, number one, you know, how do we make the idea travel? Does it have news value? Like, what's its cultural context? Like, how is it going to engage communities? Like, what's the iconic way that it's going to activate? Like, how do we make it, you know, just unignorable and um, just stand up? And the second thing is really like, how do we make that idea real? So like, who are the people that stand behind that idea? It has to be true. You have to have stakeholders that stand up for it. Does it impact policy? You know, what's the call to action? What's the pledge? What, what are the ways that actual like people can engage in this idea? And then like, finally, you can do all those things, but like, if it doesn't relate back to the business and actually like count for something, then, you know, what, like, what's the point? So those are really the three things we think are really important in, in an idea, actually, not just going out, getting out there, but actually making an impact and doing something proper in the world. Yeah, Tom, I think that sort of ties really nicely to what you were saying about the, it's not so much about the craft or the execution. It's more about like, what does, how does the idea change business impact the world? Do you think that that's, as a creative person, is that a good thing or a bad thing that the work that we're awarding is moving away from craft and towards impact? Depends on who you ask. So, and don't get me wrong, it's not like craft is not important. Craft will always be the X factor of our business. You know, the thing that will make us laugh or cry and the devil will always be in the details. And, and uh, it's something that, you know, we should and could learn from the film industry or the entertainment industry as a whole. Like the world of music and film and entertainment is so still so much built on craft and, 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 and they excel in it. We can't compete with it though. And, and I think we have, we have actually a, a, an equally important role to play uh, that is more about substance, that is more about ideas, that is more about change, more about transformation. And then craft is just one of many tools in the toolbox to accomplish that. But, it, but, but it's, not, it's not a thing in itself. Mm. Craft to me is, is, is um, you know, how I came into the industry. I wanted to be a writer, right? So I was, you know, I, I even had a book publishing firm. I was very much into, like, the craft of writing until I realized that, you know, there are bigger things than words. Mm. Well, don't tell me that. I'm a journalist. <laughs> um, just kidding. So obviously this is not ending, right? Like the world is only getting more complex. So what are some things that brands maybe aren't even considering yet that are coming around the corner? The well, good thing about life is like, you know how, you know how the story will end. <laughs> so you can ignore it or you can prepare for it. Like, it's, it's not like we need more data. It's not like we need more insights or more reports to, to show us or to, to give us an idea of how this story will end. We, we, start, we need to start acting like we're in the know. So just like healthcare has been a key growth driver for the industry the fa past five years, sustainability will be an equally important 
growth driver for the industry the, the coming five years, just because most of our clients now have a 2030 commitment out there that they need to start implementing. And they need help with that because there, there is no blueprint. This is happening now for the first time. We need to figure it out as we go. You know, what's around the corner? Everyone knows what's around the corner. That's the problem that we're not seeing the industry and, and beyond uh, changing fast enough. Just like we saw with social and earn, you know, anyone in the industry saw that coming. Yeah, it took 10 years for the industry to adapt and catch up to it. And I, I, I'm sorry to say that we're probably going to see the same thing with the sustainability work. So fortunately enough, we're in, we're in a decent place now. Like one of my key partners at, at the moment is a person called Anna Chiara. Uh, uh, she works in Stockholm. She used to work five years as the head of sustainability for Samsung. She's top of the class, you know, sustainability expert in the industry. And, you know, partnering with someone like that, you know, makes you feel small and, 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 uh, and it's a humbling experience. But you also feel big because it's the way forward, no, no doubt. And, and so we, uh, we do a lot of work together these days. And, and, you know, with Robin too, and that, that kind of partnership will, will be, will be so important. And, uh, you know, I, I just hope that, that more agencies and industries, and other, you know, are picking up on this because it's, it's going to be a team sport moving forward. It's like Americans always want to win with a competitive advantage. You know, in America, it's always like a win lose logic to the market. And, you know, move, moving forward, it's going to be more of a win-win uh, situation, more of a team sport, more partnerships. And so uh, I encourage everyone to kind of just get with that program. Yeah, I think that's a, a good point, too. I mean, I think it's, it's cool that communications and marketing are like they're just critical tools in change management now. And so that just kind of gives us a lot of opportunity. And I think, you know, also it there's just a lot of brands and organizations acknowledging things but not taking action and we've got to like push really quickly to action what other work have you seen so far in can whether it's winning or it's just an entry that's tackling complexity head-on i mean i i love the hard pill to swallow work um that was addressing you know the production uh, not sustainable production of medicines in in hyderabad in india and um, so it was a pharmacy chain that created this this uh, hybrid drug based on samples they took from water near uh, production sites. So that's the drinking water that livestock and, and, and people living in those areas are actually drinking every day. That water, you know, um, has traces of, of medicines, um, you know, to treat cancer or HIV or, or other diseases, viruses. They, they did a, like a symbol drug for that uh, in order to change their, their labeling uh, for, for sustainable production of medicines. I, I think that, to me, was a very holistic approach, ticked tick most of the boxes. They did the right thing for the right reason. They created a competitive advantage with their labeling and then opened it up to all competitors to kind of drive change on scale. That to me is uh, is a good reference and benchmark with, you know, doing what's right for business, but also doing what's right for, for your 
conscience and for society. Yeah. Robin, any, any work stand out to you? Yeah. Other than contract for change, I mean, lots of work, like, and I'm just, I feel like every day, you know, I've got to be a student again and just like, keep, keep watching and rewatching and Tom and I debate and then we come around and then we, we go back. But I mean, MasterCard, true name. I mean, it's, it's, it's super simple. It, it solves a real problem. Um, and what, you know, Tom just talked about beforehand too, it has the opportunity to scale. I mean, I think that's one of the other things we've been hearing from um, people who've been on juries, like we're, we're actually seeing big work that's actually big and not just sort of symbols, but actually things that can scale. Um, so I think anything where we can see work that can scale, that's, that's the work that's going to have major impact. So the true name for me, MasterCard's true name is um, is a standout for sure. Yeah, such a great campaign for, for those listeners who aren't aware. It's um, allowing transgender people to use their chosen name on their credit cards, which is really great. Obviously, this is a very different can this year, but um, if we do get back in person next year, what do you sort of expect? Like, are you, are you hope, I know you're saying you're hoping that the focus on the work stays, but... Do you see, um, you know, purpose continuing to be a major theme, ideas that drive impact? Like, how do you see this sort of thread that we're picking up on now evolving throughout the rest of the year and maybe showing up next year, hopefully in the south of France? Can I start with not answering the question? Because I want to build on like what Robin was saying. And also, I, um, I, we have a colleague called Charlotte, um, and I, I always steal her stuff and her quotes. So she gave me and a really I, good... And I just stole it too, so... And I didn't even credit yeah, her. So it's she terrible. gave me a really good quote today. She said, like, finally, a big idea actually means big in size mm-hmm. and scale. And that, you know, uh, she was on the jury this year. Um, and she knew, you know, more than most of us even before. She's a very good colleague. So sorry for taking all your sound bites. But I think that's probably one of the key takeaways that scale ability and and big in terms of transformation potential is something that we we will definitely take with us from can that's an important point too i'm getting further and further away from your question allison but you no. people think that you know can is the the you know the final stop of the journey when it when in fact things start in can you, you take your, you, you're so proud of your work and you bring it to Cannes and you hope to celebrate, but that's just, that's minor compared to what you bring back from Cannes. Cannes is always the start of something. All the dip, big themes that we've seen in the industry the past 10 or so years has started in Cannes. We've all seen the early signs of it before it got mainstream. Things don't end there. It starts there. And uh, and so this, this thing about scale, and, 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 you know, a potential of transformation will definitely be one thing that starts. Mm. Sustainability, I'm not, like, it's not starting. It's been, you know, like, again, everyone with eyes can see it's there. But, but, but it, it will, to Robin's point, I think we've reached a tipping point the last 12 or 18 months when, you know, it's, it's transforming from brand strategy to business strategy. And the contract for change is just a perfect example of that. They're future-proofing their own business by helping farmers transform to to uh, sustainable uh, farming. So it's it's again team sports, win-win. It, it's not about marketing or brand. It's it's about future-proofing your business. 
Yeah, I think your point on partnerships is really important too. I, I think we've, we've seen that a lot over the past few years at CAM, but I, I think next year we'll see even more people. You just can't do it alone. Um, you're not going to achieve scale. You're not going to achieve impact. You, you need more people and thinking at the table to impact change. So I think even um, more opportunities to partner um, with unique partners will be something we see more of. Mm. So less of um, the American way, more of the Swedish way. <laughs> I really miss um, the U.S. I miss Americans. You know, I, I miss all the weirdness and all the kind of warm-hearted people you meet in the street every day. One great American thing, you know, is of course you can't touch this Cheetos that mm. want to grow on prey, right? I, that's also like that's also needed. It's it's not all kind of me and Robin getting all like serious and dull on you. It's, it's also, so humor is, the, you know, the best coping strategy, you know, known to math. And, and the world is not getting better. Like it's, you know, so we, we probably need that more than ever. I, I was very glad to see the Cheetos work at Win Big. Um, you know, it's just good old classic, great it's insight, good. great execution. It's just good. It is good. And it's funny. And I think we'll, uh, we'll end it on a funny note. And um, I just want to say thank you guys so much for joining me and enjoy the rest of the week. Thank you very much. Thank you, Allison. You too. Nice to hang out.